is the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Look at you two cutie pies in front of me. Cutie, cutie pie. Got that cutie, cutie you pie. You sounded like you had a big meal before you did that one. Uh, no, I'm just fat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess technically I've always had a big meal. I choose to say that you're big boned. I don't like when you body shame yourself. I like to say corpulent. That sounds like you're husky. a corpse. When I was oh. younger, I had to wear husky pants because I was chubby. <laughs> that was very adorable the yeah, way you said I, that. I, I had to wear husky pants because I, I was chubby. I did. Husky so, pants. Hey, guys. How was hey. your week? I missed you. Missed you, too. I was very excited about Oscar Isaac hosting SNL. That guy. You know, he's he's uh, graying perfectly. Yeah. As somebody that's getting older. He's a handsome gentleman. And my gray looks more like a, a, a Mitt Romney gray. I'm just graying on the sides. He's got a perfect gray. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just getting handsome. I'm he's only graying in the beard. Yeah, you got that Santa Claus so beard. So if I shave the beard, I look like a fat frat boy. <laughs> that's not fun. So I keep the beard. Speak for uh, yourself. I love fat frat boys. <laughs> I got I got a little bit of gray here and there. Really? A little, little S&P? You're just a kid. You're just, just a kid. Yeah, it, you're just a baby. It really is just a little bit. It's just like I see, I see like a strand here or there. A little, a little salt and pepper. Yeah, and then I'm re- reminded of my mortality. <laughs> so, guys, we are 14 episodes into season 47, Oscar Isaac. Brad, why was Oscar Isaac on? What is he doing? Well, uh, he's a big deal right now. Um, he's, he's a pretty big star. He was uh, played Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars trilogy. He was great in that, by the way. Yes, he was. Uh, he was also recently in Dune, Dune, which has been nominated for Best Picture in several Academy As Awards. Timothy Chalamet's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I think the big thing uh, along with that is uh, he's soon going to be in a Marvel series on Disney Plus called Moon Knight. Moon which Knight. Which is like, is it? Because is it, I, I know little about... I watch all Marvel stuff. I'm obsessed with it when it comes out, but I often don't know it. You know, Eternals, these kind of stuff before it comes out. Is that like a horror, a Marvel horror kind of? Um, not, a little bit. It's more psychological thriller because okay. his character is has like a multiple personality disorder. Is oh, it okay. an antihero? Uh, kind of. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It looks great. For like sure. The, 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 the trailers look great. The production value looks incredible. I thought yeah. it was a movie. Oscar Isaac's wonderful, so it should be good. Do you know anybody else that's starring in it or no? Um, uh, Ethan Hawke is in it as, oh, as the villain. Be, that should be great then. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love the Hawk man. So, um, great episode. Hey, Oscar Isaac was on another episode of SNL. Do you guys know when? He was on What's Up With That. Yes, correct. In the Jason Sudeikis episode, it's actually called "What's Up with Dat." I apologize. Are you not a fan of SNL or what? <sighs> well, we'll get, we'll get. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Which which uh which episode was it? Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Literally just said. Uh, I was. Four. You were talking. You were making fun of me. Episode I, yeah. four, season forty-seven, Jason Sudeikis episode. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I try to be the Rain Man of <laughs> SNL uh, uh, information. Def- definitely, definitely, definitely the definitely fourth episode. 97X. Oh, bang! Okay. The future of <laughs> rock and roll. Wow, you are just on it today. Rain Man was my favorite movie as a kid. Was it really? Yeah, one of them. <laughs> that explains so much about it. <laughs> uh, Brad. Yes. Did you like this episode overall? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I want a more definitive yes or no from you, buddy. So it was, I think there's some really good sketches among the best, but I think that the ones that are average and bad were probably more on the lower end. You thought there that, was a bad sketch? I thought there was there was more average sketches than normal, but I didn't think there was a bad sketch. I thought there were two bad sketches, and one of the bad sketches, I I don't begrudge anybody for liking it. I just don't. I just think it wasn't your. T- it just didn't work yeah. for me in that moment. I feel like if there maybe maybe there's a time when it would have, and I okay. might appreciate it. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work for me. And, and we'll get to that. All one. right. Yeah. What do you? What do you think, Benny? Uh, I I without getting too much into like the the weeds with it so far. Overall, I enjoyed myself for sure. Uh, thought that it was a, a very solid episode with a lot of high points. I will agree with Brad that the lows were kind of low for me. 
you know what I loved about this episode is they didn't bring a bunch of previous stuff back, right? Like it wasn't a bunch of like redoing characters or redoing yeah. sketches or anything like that. They, they were, actually they were they were writing some new stuff. And yeah, and they actually characters. didn't even lean into a lot of the SNL tropes. Yep. Like like the closest they came is that as having like an an almost talk show sketch with the home repair show one, but yep. that but that even wasn't even like the usual different. formula. So I appreciated that that they were they you know, because it's sometimes just like in the film industry, making a sequel is always, you know, you know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. You know it worked before. You just need to do it again and find that lightning in a bottle. So I like the idea, and we'll get to, you know, Sarah Sherman's sketches uh, that, that she did. Like, they were trying some stuff, and, and I appreciated that. Oh, yeah, um, I, like, I like the some format of them didn't stuff. Work. Some of them didn't work, I agree. But I like that they're trying them. So they've got all this cast of new writers that came after uh, Christmas, and, you know, I think they're trying to figure out their voice a little bit zhuzh it up a little bit yeah so I, I liked it let's get into it all right cold open fox news ukraine um mikey day was donald trump jr uh james austin johnson again always great as donald trump i don't care what you say mm -hmm. i i just never get tired of it and and what i liked about it is they didn't do his second 60 seconds rundown thing again yeah because i'm done with that that yeah. was really clever but i'm done with it now yes. um kate mckinnon kate mckinnon is laura ingram I, I never really gel with her, Laura Ingram, but I don't gel with Laura Ingram, so I don't know if that's part of it. Like hmm. she just What's wrong with Laura Ingram? <laughs> uh, um, you I, know what I didn't like? I, I, eight minutes long. Yeah, it was a little eight long. Eight minutes. Tuck, Alex Moffat was great as Tucker Carlson. He's great. No, he he does actually. He does a great Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I would I would actually like to see that you one. You know who else does a really good Tucker Carlson? A horse's ass. Okay, okay. easy, easy. We there. really went into there quickly, didn't we? Uh, the idea that the the Cadence and the voice are on. They are. They're very yes, good. they're yeah. very yeah. much on point. Yeah. 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 We all know. I actually I, prefer. I, I could put a bow tie. Tucker Carlson on is, a, is a terrible. I could put a bow tie blah, on blah, a diseased scrotum. Yeah, I prefer his. Don't discount Alex Carlson. Moffat I'm not Alex Moffat. Very talented. Great Tucker Carlson impression. Thank you. That's okay. That's, that's, that's all you had to say. That's all you had to say. But. <laughs> but I prefer his Tucker Carlson over um, uh, Kate's uh, Laura Ingram. Actually, I yeah. think it's a better impression. But, but I will say I think that the writing for Ingram was better in this sketch than it was for Tucker Carlson. It was. Because they gave Laura Ingram some really good, like, quick That's what I was going to say. For all of their cold opening political sketches, I thought this, it was long. It was too long. But I thought it was actually a better cold opening political sketch for them. So I would say on the better on the better end, but if, even though, mind you, they still been, not great. Yeah, we've been very critical of their political sketches. Yeah. Like, like, like this was still the worst sketch of the night for me. Was it really yeah. the worst? Yeah. Was it because it was eight minutes long? That was a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, it was too long. Bailey, we were watching. I was watching it on uh, Sunday on Hulu, and she just kind of walked in the room and, and then left, and then came back, and it was still on. And she's <laughs> like, "Is it still the cold open?" <laughs> and you didn't pause it. No, I had not paused it. Yeah. But he um, was making fun of you not being courteous to. No, she. She walked in while I was watching it, and then left, and then came did, back. Did Steven we weren't watching it together. Did Steven I was Seagal a courteous really person. moved to Russia? Who knows? She Steve Carell. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Oh, he, he, oh he by the way, in that sketch. I don't know if you kept on watching. So that <laughs> well, seven minutes I fell asleep. In, seven minutes in. Steven Seagal played by Bowen Yang. That was the funniest part of the sketch to the point that it made me wish that they would have done a traditional talk show format with Steven Seagal yeah. in that form because that was hilarious to me. I would love to see him host some kind of like Doctor Oz show as Steven Seagal. Oh, that would be great. Doing karate and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Get on. A bone yang. I would love to see that. <laughs> no, you know, again, I, I, I didn't love it. There were some disparate parts there. Obviously, you you put James Austin Johnson in there, and he's going to do great as these. So what what I would say is there were some great players in there, right? Yeah. I just did. It was too long, and they probably could have cut three or four minutes out of it and still done. Yeah, would have been fine. It would have been a good sketch. Yes. Yep. All right, monologue. Um, how many of us are going to go to Peacock now and watch The Avenger? <laughs> I thought the this monologue was awesome. I was so on board. Super with it. charming. It was incredibly charming. Adorable would be another word for it. It was just endearing, and you could tell that he clearly had had this love of cinema his entire life. And it just, wow, man, really he just, heartfelt. He seems like a good guy. He does, and he? it like, really it shined through. And he he was not nervous at all. He and this self deprecating. Was, we can talk yeah. about his performance throughout the night but this was the first uh, the cold the cold open whatever but then when the monologue hits it's always my first 
chance to see how I'm going to feel about the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And it yep, really does set the tone every single time for me. And this one, I was like, oh, thank God, it's going to be a good episode. And Ben, you bring up a good point because we've seen now, even just in, since we've been doing this podcast, we've seen great Hollywood talent crumble when they do their monologue. Yep. I just see so nervous. So like, you know, almost high school performance-esque because they're so nervous, which understandably so. I don't judge anybody uh, for that. But it's always impressive to me to see somebody come out there and they just own it. And he, he was very comfortable. He yeah. did a good job. Because there's a difference between not just not flubbing your lines, but not flubbing your lines and then nailing your lines and then nailing your lines with comic timing. It's a comedic That's routine, right? You're, you're doing stand-up, like, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know? it was. It's just he did such a great job. And the sword thing, you know, yep. and all that. Oh, man. Yeah. Really I, do, I wonder if, like, this was something that, like, came out in, like, conversations with, like, the cast and stuff like that. And they were like, oh, like, you should do something like this with your monologue. Or if, like, he came and it was like, hey... I kind of wanted to do something about this because, like, I think it's it was really funny. And it's something from my childhood. Do and, you like, think they do any sort of intake interview they have at to. all? They yeah. have to. I'm sure that I, I'm willing to bet that stuff like this probably comes from like his first meeting, like with the writers and stuff like that, and like they just like have conversations like all day and like they because they in the um I don't remember if it was James Franco's SNL documentary or if it was like. Franco has an SNL documentary. Yeah, it was on. It was. It premiered at. I think it was Tribeca or New York Film Festival, and then it was on Hulu for. Oh a yeah, bit. I remember being but there. But can't find it. It's impossible to find. Yeah, it. yeah. It's, I, it's, I, it's, I it's to ne- watch it. It's never been released on home video or anything like that. But it's really cool. Um, but oh, they, so but you they, got to see it. Yeah, but whenever, but they have. Um, whenever the host comes in, they have like an initial meeting with the host where they all see, he sits around with all the cast and the writers, and like they talk, like they get a vibe for like the things that he wants to do, like the stuff that maybe he's not interested in doing, especially if it's somebody with like a high profile and maybe has like I don't want to do jokes about this part of my yeah, life yeah, or, yeah. or stuff like that. And so I'm willing to bet this is probably something that comes out during that meeting. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if there's like an assistant producer or something like that where their job is the week before something they're doing some kind of survey or some kind of thing you know what things have happened to you recently that's funny you know like just for the monologue you know like that you might want to talk about and then we can maybe see if there's anything in there that we can flesh out into something it just it was so endearing and and just so well done and i really liked it like and bailey she was watching that one with me and she was she did that oh like it's he's just so easy to watch and you know he's pretty easy on the eyes too so Now this first sketch after the monologue, I I'm the only one here with with kids, right? So I don't expect you guys to have watched a significant amount of Paw Patrol, but I have. So I loved this. Honestly, I thought it was hilarious. It was the Paw Patrol sketch written by Mikey Day, Tessa Condra, Streeter Seidel, and Brian Tucker. Um, <laughs> Mikey Day has a nine-year-old son. I guarantee you, this sketch was written based on Mikey Day probably watching too much. Um, so without even control. knowing who wrote the sketch, obviously, I had a feeling it was him because the first voice that comes from the dog is Mikey Day. Yep. And I'm like, oh, he wrote this. Like that, It just makes me think of that. Um, so let's just talk about Oscar Isaac's choice on the voice. Because it's... it's wh- well, this this begins like a pattern of him like really being like an actor in this because yes. yep. I feel like even in the most... like, like He could have easily done so many straight kind of Oscar Isaac yep. kind of role where he didn't really have to put much thought into the character. a lot. Yeah. On SNL. Exactly. But he like he gave like he created a, a character for each I sketch. It. it was great. It yeah. was awesome. And so yeah, I I love this sketch cuz like me away, though. I have I probably have a little bit more familiarity with Paw Patrol than Ben does just because of like me writing about media and stuff like that cuz yep, yep, there's yep. a Paw Patrol movie and stuff. Oh, watched it multiple times, yeah. <laughs> Today. I, so I I knew that it, it was a show, obviously. Yeah. No, and it's huge. It's huge. I yeah. didn't realize that it was that it was all about emergency animals, though. I didn't yep. know oh, that. Yeah. No, the, the, That's really funny. The the plot hole like points that they make is just so true, right? That's why um, this was my favorite. I love when you take something that is like has is full of logical fallacies and doesn't make sense, yep. and it's made strictly like for kids who like aren't going to ask those kind of questions, and picking it apart in the most serious that, way possible. And so this will be. Uh, I'm like my own freaking devil's advocate here about Mikey Day because like. I loved when he was like, so you're telling me there's one firefighter, and so if two fires are happening, someone gets screwed? And the way he said it was so freaking funny. I was laughing. So I'd like to apologize to Mikey Day. I take everything I said back. You're uh, you know, being shocked by the, the you know, am I the, taking crazy pills here? Like He is basically, I love him for that, and I will never talk shit Wait, ever again. When did you talk? 
When did you die? I, I just said I was getting a little old of the shtick of him. Oh. Just like, Mikey, Mikey Day is what? Oh, what? I just yeah. I don't understand this, but honestly, like this brings me right back to man. He's right. I'm wrong. Yeah, this sketch it was, was so good, incredible. It was so funny. I, okay, I watched so, it with my nine year old. Okay, yeah, um, to see what he thinks, and it was so funny because. You know, it, it's like all of us that when SNL points to something or, 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 you know, makes fun of something we all care about, you get offended. And my nine-year-old's like, well, Dad, I mean, come on. They can do it, right? I mean, it's it's the Paw Patrol, right? Like, it's like- I would love it if it had, like, actually, like, shattered his, like... Ex- like expectations are oh, like ex- I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, like wait, oh my god, he's right. No, he, he's still on the side of the pulpit. They can't do anything. Do. So like a couple of highlights, right? Um, there's no sex crimes unit yeah. because they don't know what sex is. <laughs> yep. Really hit hard. I thought that was very funny. Yep. And any time that I thought, okay, they're going on a little long, it still hit me with another. I'll just call it. It's like a banger. They hit me with another one. I'm like, oh my god, that's another the, great. Joke. I told my wife my water broke, and they sent this, this guy. guy. <laughs> and like, there was a horrible accident, and my wife was involved, and they sent a bulldog with a hard hat. Like, it Andrew kept getting better. I can read. It kept it's just when vowels are. Even that. There was enough little lines oh, in there man. that, like you said, it was just. So then, right at the end, though, going. The, the sketch kept going, and good for it. Yeah. Didn't they end this one with prayed for by cats, or was yes. that the other? Yeah. So that's the only thing. I'm like, guys, you can just end it. Well, and then it's, that, a, it's a, it's a, it's clearly a political ad. And that was one of two terrible tacked on endings. I just don't understand why they do that. And if you listen, if you're new to the show, you know that we have a wait. If you're new to the show, no, listening to our ten, show, our show. Okay. If you're new to this, you know that we oftentimes critique the endings of SNL sketches. They sometimes they just don't know how to land a plane, and so yeah. um, this was one of them. I agree, Ben, that they didn't. They, they could have even just faded to black. And absolutely, almost fine, you, know, you know, or like, and I, you know, I'm blah blah, and I prove this message. That's just it, yeah. Whatever. It was so weird because it was like, like Brad said, it was clearly a political ad, right? Yeah. It was an attack ad, yeah, um, and by his, you know, her her husband, which was also a funny little thing at the end there. Yep. Let's get my wife out of office. <laughs> All right, so the next was- so we all pre- loved it, right? Pre- yeah, yes. we did. Love yeah, it. pre-tape, Inventing Chloe, um, written by Rosebud Baker, who's new to the uh, new staff writer. Um, Mike DeCenzo, Chloe Feynman, Jake Nordwin, and Ben Silva. Uh, ben, you look poor. <laughs> I will assume that this is much funnier if you've seen the show. I literally uh, wrote that in my review. It, like, it is like, funnier if yeah. you've seen the show. I okay. just don't understand. I mean, I, I know what the show is, so I get that, but- there were it was so inside baseball that I wasn't enjoying myself. Yeah, I understand that. Honestly, the the I think if you understood the premise of like that, uh, Julia Garner who plays this character in the show in, Inventing, Inventing Anna, Anna yeah. puts on this ridiculous accent, even though it is close to like what this person did. It is just a wild accent, and then the entire show is her just like lying and like being confident to like get things that she wants as this like faux uh socialite uh, no i mean i get it i, I just yeah. didn't it didn't really land for me and the I, accent I just, is really so fine. crazy because this this uh anna sorkin i think is her name yeah. uh, uh born in russia russian parents and then grew up in germany and yeah. then came to america so obviously just a mess when it comes yeah. to dialect but um uh so i I've, I've kind of been a little upset because uh They've been critiquing the accent from the show, and the show's accent isn't that dissimilar to what yeah, her accent is. It in just real life. sounds ridiculous. Right. It is a ridiculous accent. Um, I laughed at it because I knew the Anna Sorkin story. I knew what she was going after. I thought there were some really funny things. Uh, Lauren says, "I update now," and um, when he just says, "All right, bet," and he just walks away, roll away luggage. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, no. That was so that was a great line. Um, and I think that that shows the strength of a guy like Michael Che on the show because that's individualism at its best because he is unequivocally and unapologetically Michael Che, mm. even when he's doing update. And so that part, I don't know. I just love it. It reminded me a little bit of earlier in the season when there was a Squid Games stuff. I had not watched Squid Games. I didn't get it. Yeah, I haven't watched Squid Game either. Um, and so I understand, like, if which people that had watched Squid Games love that. So um, it's a Squid Game, by the way. Just Squid Game. Just, sorry. Just, it is um, singular. Sorry. Um, one, but I'm just saying, like, like you said, it was very, you probably had to one. watch the show. So I didn't it. know that the little, like, the, the animatronic giant little girl thing from Squid Game was real was was a thing from Squid Game right so I'm watching this SNL thing and then later on when I was I think I might have been uh, on Slashville actually reading your review and I was like oh, oh wait, 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 wait 
You read Brad's review? No, I don't. Well, this was my review. This was just the website. Okay. Yeah. Review, so. so I don't know who so writes that. So please read it. Somebody pretty good. <laughs> uh, pretty talented writer, if you ask me. Probably pretty handsome, too. It's not me. I'm writing them now. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I didn't know that that was a thing. So when I found out, I, I rewatched this, this sketch. Oh, you know, and yeah. so that probably would be if I watched the show yeah. and I watched this again, I probably would enjoy it more. I, so I haven't seen the show, but uh, Brittany, my girlfriend, went out of her way to show me. She's like, you have to hear how, re- yeah, how audacious like the, the yeah, accent is. Yeah, because and she she watched the show. Um, but yeah, so that helped me enjoy this more for sure. And, and the, the parody of like essentially like almost it's almost like you remember like what, 10, 15 years ago, there was this like weird like spiritual like the secret where Oprah was into it if you just speak it into existence it happens mm-hmm. this is kind of what Anna Delvey slash Anna Sorkin has done she just kind of like says things and it happens and and so the the play on that in the SNL world I thought was funny I, I mean it wasn't certainly the best sketch of the night this, I, I, I liked it enough this no. is an act like you belong you know you just yep. there's a whole subreddit uh, that is act like you belong and it's really funny uh like one time these guys just walked into an AMC theater with a ladder and then just left the ladder in the lobby and went and watched movies because they just let them in because who the hell would come in carrying a ladder if if they weren't maintenance guys, you know, or just like put on a hard hat and a clipboard and just walk in any building. They'll let you go wherever you want to (laughs) go. When I was a teenager, one of my best friends, uh, Kyle Wood, uh, hey, shout out to Kyle if he's listening, but um, he's not. Um, (laughs) But um, uh, he he, he used to like, he got a part-time job uh doing like the chip like setup at kroger okay so like what does that even mean so chip setup so here's the interesting thing so like lays will pay someone to come do their setup at a store it's not the kroger employees that do it it's a lays oh so like like if there's a big display for super bowl or whatever but just even on the shelves yeah they they, have yeah like like pepsi and stuff like that like they send people in to like restock shelves they don't have the employees it's not kroger that do it right i didn't know that honestly i didn't either so he's going on vacation and i decide he's like can you do this for me i'm like yeah but like all of this stuff is in the back at kroger like you know he's like i'm like i don't know like I don't know anybody there. What do I tell? Like, if somebody stops me, he's like, no, 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 listen. You walk in the back and you act like you belong. You just start grabbing boxes and nobody will say anything. And he was right. Absolutely. <laughs> and that is, like by the belong. way, fucking terrifying. <laughs> it is because you're For like. All national security concerns, right? Oh, it is because you just act like you belong and you get in there and everyone just thinks you belong. Yeah. You know? I, I have done this myself. Uh, when I there have so uh, at places like Sundance or Comic Con stuff like that, there are like certain parties and things like that to coincide with like the release of movies and things like that. Sometimes things are so star studded or popular, they're like, "Sorry, we're we're full," and I'm like, ah, "We'll see about that." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's too full for Brad. And so so there's been a couple times at Comic Con Sundance where like I have I have been actively told like, well, "Sorry, we're we're full," you know that kind of thing. But I'll go to, up to the list and I'll be like, and I'll tell them my name and be like, "I'm like, oh yeah, so and so," and like, "Yeah, I don't." See it here. I was like, I, I'm supposed to be on. Like, you know, I talk to and I say the publicist's name and everything, and then like I look at my phone, like, uh, you know. And then after like a while talking to them, they're like, they're like, just go, just go ahead and come yeah, in. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuck with this anymore. <laughs> like, go ahead. Yeah. Is it is it because they believe you or they're just tired of talking to you? A little it could be a mix of both. Yeah, little comedy. It's just one guy left. Yeah. <laughs> I swear that happened at we went to go see the Batman and I was trying to pull up the confirmation. Every time we talk, you tell you talk about the Batman cuz you know I'm the one of the three that has not seen this. So I they make you show the tickets at the first part, but then at the second part they make you show again. And there was such a line and I I didn't know I had to show them for the second time and I'm like struggling to pull up my email. Yeah, just come on through. <laughs> like, didn't even wait. Anyway, all right, so what did you guys think? Did you like the sketch or not? Did you appreciate it or it was okay, not great? I, I didn't love it just because I, I think, again, though, I'm biased, so I want yep. to say N.A. It does not apply to me. What about you, Brent? Which one is this again? Inventing Chloe. Wow. Oh, yeah. I for, We got sidetracked, and I, was, yep. I literally forgot. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it, actually. I think I really liked it. I think Chloe Feynman did a really good job as, uh, you yep. know, this, you know, the, the Inventing Anna version of herself. and It's, it's parody. It's I know. I, I knew you were going to bring that up. You uh, know what's funny is after we, we talked about that, I got- uh, I started, Death threat? <laughs> I started getting the, the uh, an ad for whatever makeup company she has a commercial for on my Instagram. Uh, I agree, though. It is a parody of something. If you don't know what they're parodying, sure. you won't find it as funny. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next, uh, workplace harassment seminar written by Martin Herlihy, John Higgins, Colin Jost, and Ben Marshall. The Please Don't Destroy Guys with Colin Jost. 
Um, I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard at this. So this sketch at first was super disorienting for me because I'm like, what's happening here? Because like, it's it it's not a, a logistically sound sketch. Like, why are these two people leading this thing, and why are they actively saying that things are super inappropriate at work? Aren't. It was a great like, where, where twist. Are you going, it was a great right? twist. Where are you going? Yeah, and so when when they revealed it, I was like, and I was like, oh, like, oh, okay, now I understand. But like, I, I also I think I'm getting increasingly surprised by how weird SNL is getting er, earlier and earlier, earlier in the show. Thank you. Yes, agreed. Because agreed. I, because I think that there, and I don't know if this is a testament to like right like someone like Anna Dresden leaving the show and like having these new writers come on board and maybe in their mid to younger twenties almost yeah. all weird no matter yeah, what. And that now it's now it's starting to get like lean even more into alternative comedy and get weirder more often. Because like even outside of Will Forte, it just feels like they're starting to be more bold in that way. Yep. And and, and comfortable, like you said, in doing it. Uh, yeah. anytime I, I get nervous, I'm gonna tell you something. Every time I see Keenan in an episode or in a sketch, I get nervous because I'm afraid that he sometimes is the safe valve for sketches because he can do his lines that are just so funny and he can save a sketch, you know, or make an unfunny sketch funny just by looking into the camera in a certain way because he's just so good that way. Yeah. So anytime like these sketches come on and I see Keenan in there, I get a little nervous because I'm like is this going to be – are they workshopping something and they put Keenan in there, save it if it goes wrong, right? I am a big uh, softy when it comes to sketches like this because it's like there are some wells that, that they can go to that I'll never find not funny, right? Yeah. So, like, when they describe something using terminology like raw intercourse, yeah. <laughs> that is never going to make me uh, frown. I'm always going to laugh at that. And it's almost like they Those know it. Those two words together yep. are always- If you just string some three, two or three words together that are very inappropriate, yep. but not swear words, but they should be almost, I'm going to laugh. And yeah. they know that, and they used it, and that's why I'm, I was tickled pink by that. I just I loved it so much. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought it was a good sketch. I, I I didn't love it, but I thought it was a good sketch. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was very funny. I thought funny. it was like you said. I thought it was a sign of the evolution that SNL seems to be having that we can actually see. I think even in this season, right? So, we can, we can really see it. Just every episode, it seems to be these aren't ten to one sketches, right? right? These are actually in the show. Yeah. One thing that I want to point out is that I'm a big fan when there's escalation in a sketch instead yep. of repeating the same joke over and over. Yeah. Right? And SNL has faltered with that when they're yep. just like they're beating the, the the same nail into the wood and it's there. So the escalation here for me was great because like, but what if it's her boss and her boss? What is is also her grandfather? Like they they yeah. took it to those levels, and I'm I'm. There for that, like I yeah. want to see that uh, progression in the sketch, and I and I got that with this one. And the interludes with constantly mentioning yes. Keenan Thompson's yep. character's inappropriate yes. behavior yes. was like, added another yep. fun layer yeah. to it. I really liked it. But going back to the idea of SNL ending sketches poorly, yes, the, the Kevin on NBC, it's like no, no you, you don't didn't need this. this. Yep, you didn't need to do it, and I, that's what I don't understand is it didn't make it funnier. Like yeah, and, and, and maybe they could have literally ended on the oh Kevin, yep. and that would have been and it. Then, like, Fade so- out. Yeah. You do that, but then also instead of fade out, they used to do this thing, uh, not even that long ago, where, and maybe this is a director choice, they pull back with the camera, and then you'd see them racing around to the next. Sketch. Oh, they still do that, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they should do Which that I instead like of, yeah. like, instead of Kevin. They cut away to Kevin at six p.m. on on the Weather Channel, yeah. whatever. Pull back and show me that instead, and I'm 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 gonna be a fan for life. Like that's what I want to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Because it reminds you that it was live. I think that's a very, very nuanced thing. It's a nudge in the yep. right way of saying, remember, we made all this shit up in this week, and yep. it's racing on to the next one. Yep. It, it gives the Don't audience- Don't forget there's a show going on. Exactly. Yep. I yep. think they they get to get back to that. Speaking of young writers doing weird stuff that I love, the next sketch was a pre-tape Meatballs written by Holy Sarah Sherman shit. and Dan Bola. I, first of all, well, go ahead and talk about it. I, I, I loved I've been it. talking I, first every I, single time, Brad. I loved it, Brad. What do you think? I hated this. Yeah, this one. This is the one that didn't work for me. I, like, Are you kidding? I like so I like silly things you like go to hell. like 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 <laughs> this. Get out of this studio. But there was something about it, and I don't know if it's just because of like the the production design of the meatballs themselves, or like which I thought was hilarious. The way yeah. they or the way yeah, they, that's the issue. Or the way they looked in close up. But like honestly, this was more like unsettling, like and kind of gross, weird to me than it was like. Funny, weird to me. It like, was Sarah Sherman. It, it, yes. it, this felt, yeah, and this is very purely her, and like, and I, and I do appreciate that on some level, but like, this felt like something that like should have been on a uh, uh, a show by Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim on Adult Swim. Like this, this didn't feel like an SNL sketch to me, and I, I, I don't want to say that like I don't want like 
SNL to like evolve and stuff like that because I like the idea of You're writers. Old man. <laughs> I like the idea of the writers and the cast getting weirder and doing doing more original stuff like this, but this one just felt too weird for me and like I I, I didn't vibe with it. Sarah Sherman is weird. Let's just get this. Yeah, out here. she is weird. If you've seen any of her stuff outside of this, where it's what what is her what is her performance name? Before Sarah this? Squirm. Yeah, Sarah Squirm. It was this. This was Sarah Squirm yeah. work. This was very weird. Um, it just had a little more money behind it because it was SNL. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. The song was a banger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we are little meat, uh, meatball men singing our little meatball song. Uh, join us, please, and sing along. I just I thought it was hilarious. I don't know why. I just I loved it. I was I'm on board. I thought that it was fantastic. I thought that. The, the crazy, cra- crazy creativity that we needed to pull something like this off. The fact that Charlie XCX, right, is a, yep. in, mm-hmm. under her armpit, and then the Oscar Isaac was clearly pitched this in the writers' room and said, "Yes, I will do this." That, that, the, that, the, the idea that was honestly did, one thing I kept thinking of. I was like, "Why did Oscar Isaac yes, agree to do?" This? And that's another reason why I think <laughs> I he was perfect yep. for yeah. this yep. episode because he was clearly down for whatever, and not just like I'm willing to go for it, but truly create something weird and fun and. Just yeah, and I will agree. It was creepy as hell. Like oh, those meatballs are weird. insane and weird and, and yeah. gross. All of those things are true. Yeah. But oh my god, when they cut away to the like magical land that they're all singing in, and like I watched it three times, Andrew Desmuke's character is shitting. He's like shitting diarrhea out of a. It's like a chocolate squirt coming out of his meatball butthole or whatever. It's insane. Eating the little cheese cubes. Yeah, like, the, the, and then so McBoneyan kind of turning to a gremlin a little bit. Like I need yeah. more cheese. Like it was just everything about it worked for me. I don't know why. It was so I, freaking I, I, weird, but I'm there way. for it. I 100. I understand why people would be. Do like, you think this part is of it is maybe because like you guys are older and you're starting to lose it a little bit? Very well. You know what? And <laughs> um, get, you know what? I want more Sarah Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> They're meatballs. Did, did you see the one that's got a piano? Piana and armpit. I, very rarely anymore am I surprised by an SNL sketch that I think is a, a, a like a an idea that hasn't been done and recreated and put repackaged. This was odd, and I'm glad they tried. I could not believe this was on the show, yep. and I was. And it wasn't so early. It was early. It was before the first musical performance, yep, even. Yep. yep. I, I, this this is a cut for time sketch. Usually, what I would assume would be right. Like oh yeah, year. one of the wildest idea that never made it past dress, even. Yep. Uh, I bet Will Forte loved this one. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that Lauren Michaels doesn't get it. No. Oh God! But he tries. Yeah, and that's another thing, right? Lauren Michaels is eighty yeah. or whatever. He doesn't give a shit like, as long oh, okay. as it, no. I, I don't get it, but I get it. You know. <laughs> but again, though, I, I do wonder if this is because also the the police want to destroy guys can do some weird stuff too. Sometimes, I I wonder if this is just the evolution of where the show's going because it's a younger humor. It's a you know, it's just bizarre. It's yeah. a bizarre we have to, humor. We have to remember, you know? if these writers are in their early twenties. And they're you know in their mid twenties, let's say. Then they, then adult, they've grown up on the alt comedy. Well, I was say, scene. Adult yeah, exactly. Swim was their baby. Yeah. that's what they love. You know, I wonder. And they're not far away from the TikTok generation, right? I mean, they are that group. I so. wonder if that's why sometimes stuff like this doesn't like maybe hit for me because like maybe it's a little bit of like almost too late in a way. Because like you watch Aquatine Hunger Force when you were a kid, of course. And so like that's about the weirdest show that I remember being pretty mainstream back then. But Ren and Stimpy, obviously, way back in the day. Yeah. But like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, it was it was silly, weird, like yeah. really weird. It was bizarre, and it was super popular. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of this now on SNL. No, really, and like, and I think like that's that's why I think that maybe it feels weirder to me because like. SNL sometimes is behind the curve on like when yep, it comes to agreed. how comedy evolves. Yep. And so like if anything it feels like you know, like stuff like this like was popular 15 years ago. It's like but and now they're just coming around to it. And so I don't know if it's a sense of like I wish SNL like wouldn't try to catch up and do that, but like you can't resist it because that's just like the comedic sensibilities of the writers that they have now because they're so young. And you're right. To uh to Nate's point, uh biggest cast we've ever had but also the influx and departure of writers. You don't write on SNL for 30 years anymore. Yeah. They are in and out in a year. Guest writers happen a lot more often now. So the sensibilities are all over the place. But also TikTok contracts, probably. They're all, well, they're all just so young, you know, and uh, good for them. Good for you, SNL. I'm, I'm losing it, and I'm supporting it, you. It is. I would imagine. I, I didn't watch this episode with my wife. I would imagine if she watched this, she'd be like, "This is disgusting." Let's let's fast forward. I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it is. It was gross. Um, yeah. 
but so funny. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but anyway. And good so- for you, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> good for you. And Charlie XCX. Good for you. And good for Sarah Sherman. She yeah, got you know to, what? Yeah. She's really uh she's she's really blossoming. She is. Yeah. Uh weekend update. Tie green uh, ribbon around that old neck tree. Can we get a drum roll please? I'll see if I can add one in post. <laughs> Brad, did you like weekend update this week? I did. I no did way. not. I did not. No, I liked it this week. I didn't. Okay. All right. Uh let's go first. Uh Brad, why did you like it? And then we'll go with Ben. Why didn't you? Uh great set of headline jokes this week. And uh, what I appreciated is that uh Colin Jost and Michael Chait didn't necessarily have the like out loud banter when they're like cracking jokes at each other's expense Which or is your like favorite. Yeah, and I love that. But there was a like a reaction banter between them. Like you could like little things where like Colin Jost was like had like a little smirk like after yeah, it a chain joke. Every week, so, it doesn't though. It really doesn't. I don't think you pay attention. I don't enough. think you pay attention. I do. I, I pay very close attention because I love SNL and I'm a fan and I love the it. jokes this week were fine. They weren't anything to write home about. They were very, they were fine. very good jokes. But the but Ron DeSantis seen here being told someone's pronouns. Yes, that one sure. had me laugh. Yes, so I, and, and, those, the, and the follow up yep. of yeah of like of Republicans and like theater. Like it was there were so many good things. Was, they were fine. The Lindsey Graham one was hilarious. Oh my goodness. Having Kate McKinnon on to talk about, uh, we're, we're not in. Yeah, we're not yet. there yet. We're, we're talking about we're regular doing... weekend update. Regular Come on. Come on. Yeah, Follow it was rules. not Follow as great as it should have been. Okay, next, next. All right, Ben. Ben's real <laughs> now sad. He's mad. He's gonna, yeah. He's, he's gonna be oh, all I'm being corner, challenged. Uh, oh, crying because we we said not yet. Take a take a sip of your warm diet coke, caffeine free Jack Daniels. I will. What do they call that? The Grandpa Seltzer. Actually, yes. All right, moving on now. Kate McKinnon. Oh my God! <laughs> you have to respect the rules. I, I was. We were done. Written by Allison Gates, Kate McKinnon, and Celeste Yim. Uh, I thought it was fine. Obviously, no. A, a, no, come listen, on. listen. Obviously, an important topic. I didn't think it was as impo- as poignant as when like Cecily talked about abortion. Well, well, so, no, it, it wasn't supposed to. And, be. Yeah, it wasn't intended to be. I, and that's why I, I have a problem. I, what I thought about it is, I don't it was like. I almost wish she would have done a Doctor We Notice, um, like because I thought that's that's a good character she does. Yeah, and she could have done it in this, and I think they would have done better. I thought it was fine. I, it doesn't I, really I, make, I didn't think it was. It bad doesn't make at sense all. in this context. But no, what I what I liked it's 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 a simple premise essentially. But what I appreciate about it is, well, first of all, I think that the, like opening it that way is very funny. Of like having her be confused about like the bill actually being about not yes. not using gay as a slur. I'm like, yes, I yes. love this. Yes. Yep. But what I did, what I loved about like the response is it turned into like basically just rubbing every anyone who like supports that bill's like facing it by constantly saying all of the LGBTQ terms in what she was saying. Like as like like you know, people, you, if you don't want people to say gay, I'm going to say all of the things that tie to gay sure. culture, trans culture, lesbian, queer, all that stuff. And so it was simple. But I appreciate it, especially coming from Kate McKinnon, who was SNL's first f- openly gay cast member. Absolutely. And again, I, I didn't think it was bad. I've just seen Kate do moments like this, moments of cultural significance, these kind of things, and do it so well. It sure. just wasn't my favorite moment that she's had. Oh, for in sure. That. I sure. just think that this the 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 um, the premise is great, right? Of course. But you, the 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 execution misses the mark for me because if you're coming out as a character to do a bit, do a bit. If you're coming out as yourself, a lot of times that's that's that Cecily Strong thing where you're. I was expecting something serious, yep. and then it didn't happen. And again, that's maybe on me because I'm expecting something because of that. But it's to go for the joke. Okay, well now we're it's the comedy bit. But to be more serious, we're going seriously. That, that's where was my point. They're was. not very good in this in this way of 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 doing that switch. If you're gonna do a bit, be the, do the Doctor We Notice or something like this. If you're gonna do a serious thing, be which I, which and we're all like, where you know, I'm there for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a very strange. I think you can decision. do. I think you can do both, and I think she did it really well. Well, it's 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 certainly hard to say that she didn't because I don't want to be like uh, criticized that I'm not for the cause. <laughs> right. But I, I'm, I'm talking seen, completely from a comedic yeah. comedic standpoint. And it's she's like really gifted at these yeah, cultural you're moments making of making a choice. Into them. And, so. and we don't have to criticize you. Like we'll just, we'll just state it as a fact. Like you're in support of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't say gay, Brad. I don't. I say I, I say homosexual. With that inflection, see. 
All right. All right. All right. Next, weary, weary mother in her darkest hour on Rihanna's pregnancy. Anna Dresden came back to help write that. Allison Gates and Ego Nuodim. I love this one. Actually. Hey, real quick, can I interrupt? Uh, we, I think we should say out loud that Brad is Mexican. Otherwise, that <laughs> that is just three white guys being like, "See, <laughs> isn't that funny?" No, no, he it's okay. He gets a pass. It's well, fine. Yeah, he, he he is our our cultural very uh, very yeah, important here. Point there. Okay, sorry, Nate. <laughs> Continue. So, uh, Ego played um, uh, Pauline and essentially pregnant. I thought it was funny because you know, again, uh, celebrities get to really cultivate an image right oh yeah and rihanna has definitely you know she's pregnant she's cultivating this image and it does not match the image of what most pregnant people are going of through. course and so the humor that ego did through there i thought was very funny her lines were great she delivered them really well um <laughs> the the one that uh, she looks like she's going to a fun sex funeral um yeah like, uh, that's a great joke uh was great I, I like this one. I thought it was really funny. A couple so. great jokes there, but overall, the first time she did this was much better. I disagree. I actually thought this one was better because it had that the the Rihanna pregnancy angle to it. And I think that it, it, had, it I think it it, I think the, the subject matter yeah. yeah made it work the character Agreed. work better. Agreed. And also. One of my complaints the first time she did it, even though I liked it the first time, is that I felt like she was getting a little too close to Dionne Warwick. And this yeah. time it felt like she yep. reeled it in a little bit and figured out how to she do it. She created a character. I yeah. will yeah. agree with you that it is. it stands on its own as a character now, for sure. Yep. I just I didn't like the... And again, I think this maybe it's because it wasn't an overall impression of her. It was just a very specific topic, and maybe I didn't like that as much. I don't know. Maybe it was just I, me. I, I I left this this little bit here thinking I want to see another Pauline sketch. Like I want to see something from this. Yeah. Because I think there's something more there. And she's, yeah, I agree. She's finding a voice in this bit, and so I I actually kind of liked it. So these are such coveted spots on Weekend Update, right? Yep. It's it's alone time in front of the camera. It's just you and the camera on a cast of twenty. 23 whatever it is and so i was i just wish that it was like always to really really extremely funny things because snl is so talented and i just didn't think that these two things this week were you know the the, the cream of the crop i thought it was very good yeah uh, me too I disagree um so if anybody wondered if ad bryant is horny and has sexual fantasies <laughs> You don't have to wonder anymore because the next sketch was written by A.D. Bryant, Allison Gates, Claro Kane, and Celestium. Um, and it was all about A.D.'s dreams living out her sexual fantasies. So, Ben, did you, I, I imagine out of all people, you dug this. Uh, so I loved the format change, right? So this was something where you don't typically see them break the fourth wall and, and yep. do that kind of setup that they did. I love that by the way um i can count only a handful of times that, that they've done something similar and i really like that snl went for that that being said it goes back to the escalation of the sketch it's the same joke kind of over and over again it doesn't ever get any wackier or yeah. any any more yeah. silly and so for that reason it's like okay if you're gonna do it make it shorter because if the joke is over and over again yes we get it honestly that's me so I liked the the format as far as being bookends. I didn't like the constantly interrupting the sketch because I thought it would have been funnier to just watch the sketch That's play fair. out knowing yeah. that, that what the the idea of the sketch was. Sure. Because going back to AD Bryant sitting in, you know, the backstage and like having these like little, you know, extra talking heads, I felt like it really interrupted the pacing of the rest of the Agreed. sketch. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, I thought it was too a little too ping pongy for yeah. me, you know. But AD is so good in this and yeah. like and I love that Oscar I is doing some weird old timey version of he himself, part, and then, but then he breaks. Yeah, right? and then it's, it's like, like, wait a minute, why wait. does it say Oscar Isaac? Uh, oh, you know, the like the writers, the writers are stupid. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I love, and I did love the like, sit your fat ass on my lap, yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Is there's a, a lot of good AD, parts. Of AD this. Bryant has again the Keenan kind of thing where she could do a line or a face where it just makes me laugh. Right. Yeah. She's got a couple. She's so zingers perfectly can, nervous. Yeah. Like she can play that so. Well, yeah. So yeah. I did really appreciate that aspect, and also of it. the the, the self awareness of the setup too of her talking about like playing moms and like women named Diane and, and right. teachers, yeah, and that's what I was talking about yeah. with uh, you know the idea that this is breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. This is more a meta commentary. Like that's what I like. Yeah, agreed. I I, I thought there was. 
there was a better sketch somewhere in there that they could have found that they didn't, but I, I, I didn't dislike And it, I think that but, it comes from a place of Oscar Isaac starting to get really uncomfortable. Yep. Or something like that. Like, you've got to push that Her that leaning more into it. Exactly. Each, something yeah, needed to happen. Escalating it, just it you know, exactly. Yep. So, um, I didn't dislike it. I didn't, I, I understand, though, why it's wouldn't be somebody's favorite for that one. Uh, the next was Home Repair Show, written by Dan Bullock, Colin Jost, and Nicole's son. Uh, again, I think Nicole's a new writer as well. Uh, Keenan runs a home improvement show. Um, you know, I watched this, and it was a reminder that I wish Kyle Mooney would be in more sketches because he didn't have a ton this weekend. Yeah. Um, and every time he does something, and maybe it's just because Kyle Mooney is I, – I, he, he hits me in the right funny bone, right? I, I love Kyle Mooney. I love his nervousness. I love his awkwardness, and it's just a – it's just funny for me every time. Um, so I loved him in this, uh, Kyle Mooney. I, the sketch as a whole was okay, but I, I there was there was bits of it that I really loved. So do you want to go? Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> Sounds good. So Nate and I are going to talk about the sketch. What did you think, Brad? Um, I liked it, but I think that it suffered from uh, being a live sketch um, when I think that it would have worked as a recorded sketch Ooh, because yeah. because I think that. The description of their home improvement thing going wrong wasn't as funny as it would have been if we actually got to see it. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good note. But at the same time, like when I thought about that, it's one of those things where if they had done that, I I don't necessarily know that I would have uh, appreciated as much because there's no logic in them having footage of the home improvement thing going wrong. Because why is he, someone recording yeah, themselves exactly. doing that? It also needs to be very slapsticky for it to be very right. funny and so that I don't know that you can pull that off in a pre-tape. Yeah, yeah. Like so I feel like that they might might have been able to even especially if they did something like a dramatic reenactment and it was yeah. very poorly done or something and, like well, that. Well, you change the format of the show, right? It's like uh, it's like uh, remember America's funniest home videos, well this is the home improvement version right. of that, or whatever. You'd have to change that. Um but again, this is one of those times when Oscar Isaac delivered a character oh, and it, it made it made God. it much funnier. <laughs> First time long time. Yeah. First time being lectured at her for a very long time. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that line. No, there is no God. <laughs> so good. Speaking of, I get nervous every time. I'm not a real good handyman, but every time I work around electric, uh, electric. It's just wires, <laughs> Nate. It's just wires. I told him it's, it's just wires. And he repeated it like nine times. It's, it's just wires. wires. And I told him it's just wires. Like, that, he was so good. So that that and like Kyle Mooney being like wet and like, oh, that's completely unrelated. Like, yep. So, I, I did like the twist of Aegon Odom coming in. Yep. And being like, being like, oh, hold on a second. He doesn't know what he's talking because about. Either. That separates it from the normal Keenan show. Is like, are you sure about that? Yeah. You yeah. know that. I thought that's where this was going, and he started off being that, and so that's why I think it worked. Also, um, did you notice that Kyle Mooney was absolutely trying to make Keenan break? I didn't. No. So right at the, you got to watch it again. Right when he's about to leave, it's a bit of a pause, and because like Keenan says, like, oh, thanks for stopping by, and he goes, it was a pleasure. Like he just really, he really, and then Keenan like, it's a bite his lip a little bit. So I want you guys to go back and watch that because it's very clearly that Kyle Mooney goes, "I'm gonna try to make Keenan break right here," and it's so good. So yeah, again, I think there was a lot. There was good bones to the sketch. I just, I think there was a couple things. That you laughed hard when Oscar Isaac's. Oh no, uh, Oscar, Isaac's, Oscar Isaac was probably uh, the best uh, thing. Uh, character I, was I like Kyle Mooney, and I, I again, all the things that you said, I like. For some reason, it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't go together as perfectly as I wanted yeah. it to. So, um, but the parts there were good. It's just, you know, I don't know why. All right. So the ten to one next fiction workshop, written by Billy Domino, D- Domino. D- I, it, it, it's almost like a. Romantic. I'm gonna call him Billy Domino from now yeah, on. Yeah, Billy uh, Domino and Will Steven. Um, ben, what fanfic are you most into? Uh, it's it's Thor: The Dark World. That's a it's a real movie. No, uh, no, but the fan fiction surrounding that film. And Ooh. Brad, you're a writer. It's hot. What what fanfic are you writing currently? <laughs> uh, I I like to get into uh, Dua Lipa uh, sexual fanfiction. <laughs> no, Dora the Explorer, <laughs> mature erotica. Oh no! Talk yeah. about Oscar, Oscar Isaac again Boots, doing no. a, a character. I, 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 it, obviously odd, yeah, odd, very but strange. Oscar Isaac though again kudos to him for playing an odd character. So it was a so it was a very strange sketch because 
there it was, was the ten to one. It, so it, there was nothing to do with the four audience members of that group, right? I really wanted more out of you know uh, Heidi. I actually and, thought Heidi and Melissa Villanueva were great. Like their reactions, like where, I they, wanted where they immediately knew where yeah, it was going. Right, yeah. yeah, but yeah. I wanted even more. And for as women James, often do in situations, yeah. and like, for James Austin Johnson and Chris Red to be into it, it was really like this is. Very stereotypical. I don't know why they chose that aspect. I don't know. It was just like it, weird. It, it made guys creepy and like, yeah, yeah, and it's like we all know that, but like, is that funny still? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the star of the sketch was Oscar Isaac. Absolutely, and like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, just the way he was reading it and just how how silly it got. And when he gets interrupted, he's like, "Oh no, no, you guys are the writers. You know, I, yeah. I totally understand." And it's like, "Oh, Eddie Bryant again, perfect, right?" By being like, "No, I mean, come back." So that their dynamic was, was great. He was so skilled too. Like like I said, he was a great performer. It's not just his accent was good or his his character that he chooses to play. He was on his lines, yep. right? Yeah. He was on his yep. lines. He was a Especially great performer. That aside, that detailed aside about the MILF porn star, yeah. which, which obviously came from a real place. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very detailed and over the yeah. top, and I, I liked a lot of that. It so was just you, so funny. Did you like the sketch? Or? So it was just, it's. I think that honestly, it's. It, you could kind of put it as a label. Of, it's still a little problematic to have a, a sketch like that, <laughs> honestly, because it really, it just shows that like, Guys would be into that. Women would not. And it's like well, this is twenty twenty two, and I just don't think that that's the right message to be sending, even in a comedy sketch. I, I it made me uncomfortable, it, and maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't know. It would have been yeah interesting to maybe even have a woman's like voice in there as well. That's like you know just go on. Yeah, you know, maybe you know, like, I don't you know. know. I, see, but I'm not gonna fucking second guess SNL writers. They're geniuses. But you know, flip flop it right. Where what if the women were really into it? And the guys were like, whoa, it's this is 2022. We shouldn't be doing. And then the yeah, women exactly. were like, oh, well, it's good. I don't know. Maybe that's funnier to me because it's not as painful to watch. I don't know. I don't know. Too woke, Ben. Ugh. <laughs> that's what they say about me. Woke Conowitz, That's what they call him. No, usually so, they say, "Wake up, Ben. You're yeah. sleeping at your desk again." <laughs> okay, that's pretty so, funny. So. That's it. Um, we had one. <laughs> We're done. That's uh, it. And then the uh, show just ends. We had one cut for time sketch. Uh, oh, I didn't watch this. Oh, it was I, great. It was not great. I loved it. The arrow toilet. I thought it was from the hilarious. makers of Arrowhead. I, I saw the image of the arrow toilet, arrow and I was toilet. like, I was okay. like, oh yeah, okay. Was, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because what? Um, well, you see people. <laughs> Where does the shit go? Okay, so, so, so that's the problem. Where is it <laughs> no, that's the problem. <laughs> I will say to Nate's credit, I think what you're going to say that you found funny is they have they have all these inflatable toilets at the party. There's yep, like nine yep. of them, and so that people just use them in Cal front Mooney of each other. Talking, yeah, you have Kyle Mooney so talking was, to someone he, while he's doing. Uh, so he yeah. talks to Kate McKinnon, and, and, and he's like. Uh, bags while he's, he's sitting like, thank on you it. Like, uh, again just... for having us. And then he just turns around and unzips in the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. and like, and then Kate McKinnon is just standing like, uh huh. It, it was very weird. It was definitely a cover time sketch for maybe I'll watch it. Okay, and, I will. And, now that I'm talking myself through, enough, it, it's I know there was enough in there that I thought it was hilarious. The openly using the toilet the... in front of everybody yep. and and everybody being comfortable with it. Yep. Melissa Fiennes is like shitting in the living room, and you know, uh, Kyle Mooney's peeing in the kitchen, and and then it is where's the where's the poo go? Well, now that everybody's got him, you just release this little valve. No. And then they release it, and then the the crap comes out. Right. Um, okay, you should watch it. I, I'm not saying it was my favorite sketch of the night. I thought it Did was Did it deserve to enough. be in the show over or something? You know, I don't know because, again, I didn't think it, there was t any terrible sketches in this. Um, there weren't great sketches, and it wasn't a great sketch, but it was enough that I thought I liked it enough. So I would maybe. Brad, what did you think? I, I love that the there was an inflatable toilet. Yep. And, uh, like, apparently, like, people were just peeing and pooping in front of each other. Yep. And uh, the, yeah, without kind maybe, of a problem, <laughs> I, I think you could maybe replace workplace uh, harassment seminar. No way! No, 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 no. I haven't even seen this sketch, but you're not replacing <laughs> that. Maybe the home repair show with it. I think, I yeah, that's fair. I think you re replace the uh, erotic uh, fan fiction. No, 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 no. Brad's like, no, that that one's. I will die on that hill. That one stays. You know what? They could have kept it if they just would have kept cut the fucking cold open at four minutes instead of eight. Seriously. So um, that's the show, guys. That's all the sketches. Oscar Isaac, it was incredible.
he was great. Right? He was great. And yeah. he is my MVP in, in many ways for the episode. Uh, he was great at coming up with characters, which can't be easy, quite frankly, because you know you have to pull from within. You have to think about you know what that it was, character does. For me, it was close because Ad Bryant was really solid this episode, yeah. but I I still gave it to Oscar Isaac because of his character creation and the fact that his comedic timing was awesome mm-hmm. and he elevated every sketch he was in and he did a lot of work. He was in a lot of sketches. Yeah. Uh, the I I I did uh, count the. Uh, there were the most sketches of other than Oscar Isaac. There was a couple cast members in four sketches: uh, Bowen Yang, Keenan, Sarah Sherman, uh, Ego Nwodim, uh Kate McKinnick, Andrew Dismuse, and Eddie Bryant were all in four sketches. They had all a busy night. All of them did well, I thought. So, so I cheated a little bit. Oh, of course. And did. I actually gave it to the uh, the all of the female cast members of SNL because I felt like stop being so woke. No, well, so no, and it, it's it, Women's History Month. No, no, it's, it it's, it's no, it's, 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 it's oh, it is. That's funny. It, it, oh, no, no. Oh, 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 my girlfriend Brittany told me about it. I, I, didn't, know that. I didn't realize that. No, no. The reason I I did it honestly is because I I went back through and I was trying to figure out like who was in like uh, like the funniest sketches that I love so much. And as I kept going through, I kept picking out like the the stuff that I. I really loved and a lot of the stuff came from from the female cast members and I felt like each of them had like a big moment throughout the evening the only one who didn't unfortunately was Punky Johnson Punky Johnson um, and so but but I but like she's been doing better recently I think she, yeah, she's, she's been getting more screen time and doing more stuff on her own Aristotle uh, but uh but but I felt like every single female cast member had a breakout like shining moment in this episode where they were really really funny uh, and so that's that's why I, I went with that seriously because it was I, that I, is cheating I want I want Aristotle to be on the show more that wasn't a <laughs> Slam on Aristotle. He's a listener. He's a I, listener. He I, listens. I was either going to give it to Sarah Sherman or Aidy Bryant, only because Sarah Sherman had her first big sketch. I think a lot of people did like that meatball yeah. sketch, though Brad certainly didn't. Um, a lot of people did, and it was kind of a, I think, uniquely her, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I, good for her. She got her not only a, a sketch she wrote and probably crafted most of it into the show, but also. I think a lot of people are talking about it as a, a decent sketch. So good for her. Um, I think Eddie Ryan is a good, uh, yeah. you know, she had a, a lot of show. a lot of good sketches and clearly one that was really dedicated to her. Yep. You Did know. you guys have a favorite sketch here tonight? Mine was Paw Patrol. Absolutely, Paw Patrol. Meatball. Uh, I went with Meatball as well, though I did love Paw Patrol. Both great sketches. Paw Patrol definitely better than Meatballs. No, two against one, you lose. Nah, I have Paw Patrol behind me. <laughs> so. Um, Overall, what were your thoughts of this this episode? Good episode. What it, it's so interesting. Before we go into this, typically I'm a little harsher on it, and then we talk through it, and I'm always like, well, I guess there was enough to like in there. <laughs> you know? Every now and then, so, the sketches that I didn't really like, I think like, oh, there were some funnier moments in it after after like yep. retrospect. But I got a chance to watch the show twice this week, and that oh. doesn't always happen. So I think upon second viewing, especially things like. Um, the uh, the sexual harassment thing really was more funny, and the the uh, the home improvement thing a lot more funny the second time around. So I think I got to do that more often. But the thing is, watching it live though, you do have a certain like, yeah. how did it hit you in the moment, right? Yeah. And so for how it had, how it hit me in the moment, it was a, it was a middle of the pack episode with a great host. After watching it again, one of my one of my favorite. Uh, episodes of the year, like hmm, it probably, really? probably, probably top end for sure. Like hmm. maybe top, top, top four, top, top three. Yeah, and, and that does happen sometimes. The sketches grow on you the mm-hmm. more you watch them because also, oftentimes you pick up something else different in there. You know, a look or something or some some joke that you didn't pick up. The, the first episode, time. the linchpin of the episode is always on the host, and so you got to start there. And so that's why an episode, even if Owen Wilson's episode would have had some of my all-time favorite sketches it would never be yeah. my favorite episode because he was terrible i, I will say uh, oscar isaac is a top three host for me this season i cannot sure. wait for him um, to, he's a hemsworth get him back tomorrow yeah i want to see and i thought there was some again. really good sketches i'm also again it's weird to use the word proud because i don't know these people but i'm i'm glad that snl went weirder and tried some things some of them worked some of them didn't but good for them because you have yeah. to evolve as a show, and they they are letting these young writers, I think, have a little more of an identity. If anybody is saying that it's the same old crap that you've seen for it's it's clearly not. Yeah. So good good for you, SNL. I know you guys all listen, so we're <laughs> so happy that you're listeners. Hey, Lauren. Um, <laughs> Brad, what did you think ultimately for this episode? Yeah, I think it was uh, probably on the like the the lower end of the the better episodes, higher end of the average. Um, you know, like this. 
Obviously, I didn't love. Is that the middle? As much is as that you... right in the middle? <laughs> no, because it's, it's the it, higher end of the lower the end, and the lower no, no, end no, of the higher. No, no, the higher end of the middle and the lo- uh, the lower end of the okay. of the high point. So it's a B yeah. minus. So so it's it was either a B good plus. episode that wasn't the best or a, a decent episode that wasn't bad. Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed it for and I I loved Oscar Isaac. I I hope that he gets to come back. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, yeah pretty good. What's next week, Brad? Next week we have Zoe Kravitz, uh, who is fresh off playing Catwoman in The Batman. She was also in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she was in a recent Steven Soderbergh movie called Kimmy on HBO Max. Did, didn't she have celebrity parents? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think her parents are Accountants. are Drake Shelton um, and Drake Shelton, Drake Shelton yep. and, and Emily Ristloff. Yep, accountant. Accountants for uh, attorneys. Yes, accountants and attorneys. Rislov, accounting for attorneys. One is the accountant for the other's law firm. It's, it's how it works in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's the last of a three-episode stretch, and I think there's another week or two break, and then uh, we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, I don't think they've announced when they're oh, I'm coming so back in April. But Who do you think? Like, any guesses on who? I mean, obviously, Ooh. we've got who we think. I would love to see uh, Bob Odenkirk. I would love to see... Um, Oh, Bob Odenkirk. I would love to see uh, Zendaya. I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be uh, great. Zendaya, but sorry, Zendaya. I would love to see Zendaya. I mean, it's just. I wish you were kind of a little bit more in tune with like what's happening in the cultural. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I'm thinking Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland, maybe for Doctor Strange. Maybe that'll happen. Tom Holland. Let me see. Let's go through what's happening in April. He's kind of taking a break. The biggest things releasing in April: Morbius, uh, Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> uh, Jared, Jared Leto, Leto. Oh. Uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Who's in that? Jude Law. Okay, that could be fun. Yeah. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale season four comes out in uh, April. Is that still Anna Taylor Joy? No, that's Elizabeth Moss. Right. Russian Doll season two. Um, well, we're uh, I would love to see Natasha Leo. I would too. Saturday I was Night just Live. singing that. I did just that, that would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Barry. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Barry season three comes out in April. Oh, oh, we get, we get there we go. Yes, now bring him back. There Bill, we go. Billy Boy Steven Hater. Root. No? <laughs> Henry Winkler. Uh, I would love to see Henry Winkler. I would And then uh, let's see May, because it, it goes into May, I think, right? It's going to be May. Oh, don't. Why? <laughs> Uh, May Stranger Things season four, so we could see one David of those Harbour cast members. David Harbor has been on before, right? David Harbor did it. And yeah. then what's uh, uh, the young Eleven? Yeah, what's her name? Oh, um, uh, uh, M- uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, thank you. Um, and then Doctor Strange comes out in May. Um, and we could see a uh, Benedict cover. You know what? Hey, hey, Ben. Back. You know what comes out in May? What? Top Gun Maverick. Does it really? Does it? I thought yeah. it was November. Nope. May twenty seventh, two thousand twenty. No, I'm pretty sure it got pushed back again. No. <laughs> <laughs> what what's are you on Slash Film? Uh, <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi season one comes out in May. Ewan well. McGregor could be good. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. That's pretty much it. That's uh, we're not going to talk about uh, the Predator movie Prey that comes to Hulu in June. Is it really? Well, they're not going to be on the air. Guess we're not really going to. Yeah, I say June. Well, yeah, I mean, we get... they could technically have something that comes out, you know. But Fine. Uh, uh, lots of different. Potential. There's not really anybody. Big named in, I in don't movie. care. I just wanted to say it out loud because I'm I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So again, there's some potential. You know, obviously, um, Doctor Strange let's has say, like five people that listen, could. You know, Bill, Doctor Strange. Bill Hader would be awesome for season really, three of. Uh, really hope they do. Wouldn't that be great? Show. Actually, then, look, actually, you know what? It looks like Top Gun Maverick is still slated for for me. I, I think it's Mission oh. Impossible. I would like an apology from you. I'm sorry that Ben was wrong. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I th- Mission Impossible, I think, is the one that's got pushed back again. And- so, are you wanting then Tom Cruise to come on? Oh, I would love. He would never do it. But I don't I think he. I, yeah, I don't think he can. He can. Like, I don't With think Scientology it's, because well, no, 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 well, Chloe Feynman's already on the show. You can I, only have one. I at don't. A time. I don't think it's actually in his skill set uh, because one thing that Agreed. I um, I've learned is that he is very meticulous, utterly about perfectionist. His, yeah, like well, not just perfectionist, but. Um, he doesn't. He's not one who does a lot of improvisation. He's very meticulous about planning out his performance and exactly what he's doing in front of a camera. It requires at any given a moment. lot of his cast members to do the same thing. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I, I, um, uh, I did a set visit for uh, Rock of Ages, the musical that he, that he was in. It's based on the stage musical, and that was one of the things that the director Adam Shankman talked about, and like uh, that was a little bit difficult. It was, it was hard to get him to like cut loose and do like improvised dance moves as his character on stage because he wanted to be so. Like meticulously planned about what he was going to do at any given moment. 
Other people in Top Gun Maverick are John Hamm that could be on there or Miles Ma- Teller. Miles Teller. Yep. So I'm over at Miles Teller, but I love me some John Hamm. Some ham and bubbly. Oh man. Bring I, it back. I would just bring that back. So hopefully within we should know probably within the next week or so who's gonna be on these episodes coming up because oh, they'll yeah, probably they'll, take they'll, a week or two. So probably announce it at the, yep. during the, the episode. So, yeah. But anyway, um, we'll be back obviously this coming up week uh, for another episode. We've got Zoe Kravitz. Looking forward to that. If you're still listening to this podcast right now, do us a favor and you know tell your friends about it. Like and subscribe. Give us five stars on on, uh, Share on the it Apple, on the if, Twitter, if you, if you like or it. the Facebook. It helps us out. Brad, where can people find you online? Slashroom.com. Always writing about movies and TV. That's where I do my reviews of SNL every Sunday morning slash afternoon, depending on how late I wake up. Uh, you can also find me on the Slashroom Daily podcast a couple times a week, and also uh, a little radio show called Ben, Brad, and Beyond, where Ben and I shoot the shit. Uh, on I'm, I'm beyond. You yes. have you have been beyond. You have been beyond, uh, and so yeah, do do that, and check me out on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. Um, Kim Bonnets, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me donating to uh, uh, people of Ukraine. So you should go online, and, and and especially there are a lot of people of color in Ukraine. Uh, uh, there are some um, exchange students that are over there that are having a tough time uh, making it across the border because people are uh, really racist. Why don't you throw out an organization that maybe people can connect with? Uh, you know what? I can't remember the name of it that I donated to right now, but I will. Uh, you know what I'll do when we post it? I'm going to put it in the comments. Yeah, please do because that'd be important. Honestly, there are a couple of uh, organizations. Do whatever you can yeah, uh, of course. to help all of that going on. It's it's a, certainly a mess and I know it seems, you almost seem helpless, right? right. Um, but I feel like it's, you know what? Here, it's I, that weird feeling where you feel like, are we on the brink of World War Three? It's you know? a land war in Europe. <laughs> but I will say, one of the things I did at, at my business is because I'm the, I am the owner and the purchaser. I double you have the and triple checked with my suppliers that we don't have anything that originates in Russia, and they they we I changed some things around, and now we don't. So there, you can you can think globally and act locally. Yep. You can. I yep. did it. Yep. Little things like that. There you go. All right. Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Facebook, all these kind of things. Look out Nate Lauks and find me there. Um, subscribe to this podcast, like us, share it, all that kind of thing. Uh, and join us on the Facebook. Look up the 10 to 1 podcast on Facebook. Join our little community there. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep listening to the 10 to 1. Bye-bye.